Hey, what's good, everybody? LD here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Wellington Heights Community Church Podcast. On behalf of Pastor Stephanie and Pastor Keon, it is my honor to introduce you to Alice Shirey. Alice has been a teaching pastor for the past two decades and loves teaching the scriptures in a way that makes God's truths accessible and relevant to daily life. Alice was a teaching pastor at Orchard Hill Church in Cedar Falls for 23 years and is now the teaching associate at Westminster Presbyterian Church in Waterloo. She has a heart for the marginalized and is enamored with the grace of God in Christ. She and her husband Chuck have been married for 37 years and they have raised three kids who are now thriving adults. They have a great old chocolate lab named Stella and love to laugh, read, and contribute to the flourishing of their diverse community. So stay tuned for a great message from Alice Shirey. Greetings, my new friends at Wellington Heights Community Church. I'm so honored to um, be with you today. I have heard so many wonderful things about this beloved community of faith. I am Alice Shirey. I have been a teaching pastor for over 20 years, and I want you to know a few things about me. Uh, First of all, I love Christ And I love God's word and God's people and God's grace and justice. And I also love all kinds of people who don't yet know that they too are called to be God's people. Sometimes I think they're my all-time favorite kinds of humans. I grew up in Waterloo. I was raised by social justice activists who in the late 1960s, just after Martin Luther King was assassinated, moved from the predominantly white west side of Waterloo across the dividing river of our town to the predominantly black east side of Waterloo in order to partner with their black brothers and sisters of faith to integrate housing, education, and employment in our community. I want you to know I come from people who put boots to the grounds of their prayers. And I was raised by those parents to work really hard. My dad and mom believed in a parenting strategy called keep your teenagers tired, hungry, and broke, and they will have a hard time finding trouble. So they put a lot of emphasis on the tired part, um, which leads me to tell you that I'm a hard worker sometimes to my own detriment. And if I'm honest, which as you get to know me, you'll learn um, I'm nothing but honest. I too often find value and identity in working really hard, in accomplishing things, right? In checking things off my to-do list. In sometimes, um, in an effort to feed my ego, pushing past my human God-created limits. And I've had to learn the hard way, and I'm still learning the hard way, about the gift and the power of God's good rhythm of rest and work, rest and work. And I have learned how to set hard boundaries about about what I will and what I won't say yes to, except when Pastor Keon and Stephanie ask me for anything, I'm almost always going to say yes. That's just my, that's just my rule. Um, I have had to practice sitting in the restlessness in my own soul. You know, that itchy feeling 
that I should be doing something more productive. I have to wrestle with that every time I try to cease my work and stop and rest. I am learning to trust that God still loves me even when I stop achieving things for God or for anyone else, to be honest. And this is a hard learning for me, but one that has saved me and is saving me over and over again in so many ways. And I just, I just felt compelled to share a word with you, my brothers and sisters in Christ at Wellington Heights. I just wanted to say from God to you, It is not all up to you. You can trust God's good rhythm of work and rest in whatever life circumstances you find yourself in because God is always at work on your behalf in ways you can and cannot see. Whatever issue you are facing, whatever deficit you have right now, whatever is keeping you up at night, whatever anxiety you carry, Maybe it's some kind of illness or a financial struggle or relationship pain or addiction. God is always, always at work. And we can trust God with those things, whatever things we're carrying. And our very act of resting, of accepting and practicing the gift of Sabbath is a sign of our deep trust in God's work, not our own. Sabbath can remind us that it is not all up to us. It is not all up to you. So I listened to Pastor Stephanie's teaching her sermon on Sabbath, and I heard her teach that Sabbath rest is a gift from our creator to us, God's creations, with all of our human limitations, that Sabbath was made for us and not us for the Sabbath. And I heard Pastor Keon remind us that Sabbath is a sign that we are no longer enslaved to empire, to the powers and principalities of this world, to those who want to exercise power and control over us. But through Christ, we have been set free from everything and everyone that claims to own us. And the question that I was asked to think about together with you this morning is how is Sabbath a communal practice, right? How is Sabbath not just about me and mine, about my resting, about my stopping, about my body finding space to cease work, about me remembering that God saved me by his mighty right hand? But how is practicing the Sabbath a communal act? So Sabbath as a gift, Sabbath as resistance, and now Sabbath as a communal act. And so I want to dig right away into the scriptures. I want to explore a text in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 6. And Luke chapter 6 starts with two stories of Jesus apparently breaking the rules of the Sabbath. I love Jesus when he breaks the rules. And this story that I'm going to read is the second of those two stories. And this is what Luke writes, Luke chapter 6, starting with verse 6. He writes, On another Sabbath, he, meaning Jesus, went into the synagogue and was teaching. And a man was there whose right hand was shriveled. This man's right hand, the hand of productivity, the hand of action, 
the powerful hand that gets things done. That hand was shriveled. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, the people who believed, they knew all the rules and regulations about the Sabbath, right? They were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew what they were thinking. And he said to the man with the shriveled hand, get up and stand in front of everyone. Jesus was saying, look, what I'm about to do, I'm going to do in front of all of you. Not going to hide anything. So he, the man with the shriveled hand, got up and stood there. And then Jesus said to them, to the Pharisees, right? I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath? To do good or to do evil? To save life or to destroy it? I can just imagine the Pharisees looking at him like, oh, shoot, he trapped us. He trapped us. And Jesus looked around at them all. And then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And the man did so, and his hand was completely restored. Thanks be to God. Jesus practiced Sabbath as a communal act. And so I want to ask a few questions of this text, and and, and those questions um, are to be asked to ourselves. So let me put it this way. I think the, question, the text actually demands that we ask a few questions. That's a better way to put it. Here's the first question. Where in your life do you need healing and restoration? Right? So I'm going to start real personal. How might you need to stretch out your hand and ask Jesus for healing and restoration. In what part of your life do you feel shriveled? And if you cannot lift up your hand, if you do not have the strength to stretch out your hand to Jesus, how might you rely on community, this community, When you are too weary or paralyzed to reach out your own shriveled hand to Jesus, when maybe you just can't find the faith to reach out your hand again, I wonder if you might be willing to gently lift up, to ask this community to gently lift up your hand and use their strength to reach it toward the one who can heal and restore you. Now I'm going to go a little deeper. I'm going to go a little closer to our topic and ask this question. How might celebrating Sabbath allow you to allow Jesus to completely restore and heal you? Let me say a quick second, something about the word restore. The word restore, when it's used here, means to bring back something to its original beauty to its original glory, right? This is, this is how God plans to restore all things. And this man's shriveled hand, Luke tells us, was healed and it was completely restored. It was brought back to its original beauty. And so here's my question to all of us, myself included. If we neglect Sabbath rest, 
Are we neglecting or rejecting God's most powerful restoration and healing tool in our lives? I mean, we complain to God and to everyone who listened to us that we are so tired. We're worn out. We're burned out. We're dried up. We've lost ourselves. We're scattered. We're frazzled. We're running here and there, never getting anywhere. We can't seem to hear from God anymore. God's word feels dry and meaningless. We can't find hope or healing or restoration anywhere in sight. And yet, too often, Tell me if this is true for you, because it sure is for me. I reject the gift of Sabbath rest. And this story in Luke of Jesus healing and bringing restoration on the day of Sabbath makes me wonder if in practicing Sabbath rest, in practicing Sabbath resistance, you and I might be able to tap into God's best antidote for our shriveled souls. And finally, finally, I get to the question your pastors asked me to consider today, which is how might practicing Sabbath rest bring not only healing and restoration to you and to me, but how might our practicing Sabbath rest as a community bring healing and restoration to our neighbors, right? To the people around us, to our community. What would it look like to practice Sabbath rest as a gift to our neighbors, as well as a gift to ourselves, as a gift to our community, as well as a gift to ourselves? And I wonder, church, if as, as, as you, as we, move more fully into practicing the gift of Sabbath rest, I wonder if we could start to hold out some questions before God and ask him to help us answer them. Questions like this. God, who else around me is exhausted? God, who do I see working so hard to pay their bills or to care for an aging parent or a child with special needs? or managing their own chronic illness. Who do I see, God, and how would you like me to ease their weariness? God, who works today to make my rest possible? And how can I acknowledge them? God, who around me could I invite into shared rest next time I practice Sabbath? People I call my family? People from this body of believers, my neighbors, my neighbor kids, the marginalized, the oppressed. Who could I invite in? God, in what ways does my lifestyle of consumption force neighbors across the globe to work ceaselessly? And what might I do about that? God, in what ways does my lifestyle of consumption force the earth to work beyond its capacity? And what might I do about that? God, how can I practice Sabbath rest as a communal act? 
I encourage all of us to hold these questions open before before God. Maybe the next time you practice Sabbath, next time you slow down, you cease, see what God has to say to you about these questions. Consider writing down some thoughts as they come to you. Don't rush the process. You don't need to act on any of these right away. But pay attention to your promptings, your ideas, what comes to mind, who comes to mind. And then after a time, you see, after we let God lead us to the answers to those questions, maybe we can start to ponder some action steps, some ways for Sabbath to be a communal act. Here's just a few thoughts, just to get your creative juices flowing. Could you take a meal to a neighbor on the Sabbath? Maybe one you prepared on a different day, right? And set aside for a special Sabbath day delivery. Could you invite a friend or a group of friends over for a simple shared meal? Again, prepared in advance for a simple shared meal and good conversation like soul-satisfying conversation. What about your neighborhood kids? Listen to me for just a minute. There is a huge body of scientific evidence about what addictive technology is doing to kids' brains and kids' ability to settle their nervous systems, to regulate, to grow strong internally. It's, it's crushing their ability to be seen and celebrated and encouraged in their real life. And so to think about inviting neighbor kids over for a meal and maybe for a board game or something fun that doesn't involve technology could be a real act of healing and restoration for those neighborhood kids. What about an employee at Quickstar or at a hospital or at a gas station, people who have to work on the Sabbath? Could you take them a card of thanks and a treat and just see them? Or maybe you could use some of your rest time to write thank you notes to people you're grateful for, to people who have touched you spiritually, to people who minister to you. Friends, there are a million other creative ideas that God will bring to our minds. Or maybe that you as a church community can brainstorm together as you continue to practice Sabbath. And as you ask God, how can our Sabbath rest as a community bring your kind of healing and restoration to those around us? Which, which leads me to a final word I want to say this morning about Sabbath rest before I finish up. I have been a pastor for a long time, and I have watched pastors fail to rest and become so exhausted that they have become withered and weary in their own souls. It has never been a harder time to be a pastor in our country than it is today. The depression rate, the divorce rate, the number of people leaving ministry is so high. And you all have such an amazing gift in your pastors. Two brilliant, servant-hearted, community-focused people who love Jesus and love all of you and love this neighborhood. Kian and Stephanie need Sabbath rest so they can be healed and restored from their work that never ceases, so they can have space to hear from the Lord and lead and guide you from a place of fullness rather than lack. The church 
the Apostle Paul tells us, is a body, just like a human body, where every one of us is called to play our part. Not everybody else's part, but just our part, all working in beautiful harmony as one body. We all work and we all rest. It is not just Keon and Stephanie's job to do the work, to play all the parts of the body. It is their job to do just their part and our job to play our full parts. Let your pastors rest. Help them rest. Release them from care at times so they can rest. This will be a great act of service to God and to be honest, a great act of self-care for this church. Well-rested pastors are pure fire. Exhausted pastors are not. Please give Kian and Stephanie and their family the gift of Sabbath rest in the same way that they offer it to you. Jesus practiced the Sabbath as a communal act. Jesus wants to heal and restore your soul. Jesus wants to use the Sabbath and Sabbath rest as one of the primary ways that he heals and restores your soul. And friends, Jesus wants to use our Sabbath rest as an opportunity to extend the offer of healing and restoration to a weary, withered world, to our weary, withered neighbors all around us. He invites us into Sabbath as a communal act. Amen. Will you pray with me? God, we live in a grind culture, in a culture that idolizes productivity, that worships people who never seem to need a rest, in a world that pushes us to the brink of exhaustion. And yet you offer another way, an ancient way, a way, however, that is almost more relevant and powerful today than it ever has been, and it is our choice. You offer Sabbath rest to us as a gift. You offer Sabbath rest to us as a form of resistance. And you offer Sabbath rest to us as a communal act, one that not only brings healing and restoration to our own souls, but can be, if we engage it, the most beautiful offering of healing and restoration to our neighbors. May we, God, choose to live in your ways and not the ways of the world around us. I pray all this in Jesus' good and powerful name. Amen. Please join me in thanking Alice Shirey for such a wonderful message to end our Sabbath series. Now, if you are interested in finding out what's going on at Wellington Heights Community Church, simply visit wellingtonheightscommunitychurch.org backslash this hyphen week. That again is wellingtonheightscommunitychurch.org backslash this hyphen week. Again, thank you for joining us for today's podcast, and we hope to see you in person soon.